Are you guys ready up there? Alright. Alright, quiet on the set. To a very special episode of, of Adventures in Movies. My name is Nathaniel Meir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who's never met a musical he didn't like. You know what's funny? Apple TV is, has a new musical show coming out by the people that did uh, shit, Bob's Burgers. I want to see that shit. That's the first Apple TV thing I want to see. I am Danny, and I love musicals. <laughs> uh, also joining us is the man who learned last week that there is no simple answers to any wrestling question. <laughs> that, that's a fact. Jack, my name's Blake. <laughs> we talked a little turkey. Um, I got to ask you guys, uh, do you believe in curses? Uh, uh, what kind no. of curses? Like magical no. curses? Like f- fantasy curses? Because I believe in them, like uh, baseball. <laughs> oh, you know, that's that actually... sucks. Get it away with all that shit. And then the Cubs did. Fuck that. <laughs> that, that that's actually funny. Like, I, I didn't even think about that, but... Uh... I think curses and sports, I would think baseball is where they're most associated. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I think curses are cool. Like hearing about, you know, the, what was it? The curse of the Billy goat with the Cubs and the yeah. really famous Red Sox one or whatever. Like those are, they're cool to hear about, but for the most part, I don't believe in them, but I will say this. I think we should be very careful as to what we say on all our shows going forward. <laughs> because True. Uh, we, have, we have a very poor track record. So, sorry, Kobe. Sorry, Alan Rickman. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, we talked James Bond. Uh, oh, that's a We just talked about how, um, yeah, it's really long. Do I want to watch it? Next week, they delay it. Uh, <laughs> the flip side, uh, we all did We all did uh, predict Kansas City winning, so there's that. True. And Parasite. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah so i mean you know we we uh every once in a while we'll get it right but when we get it wrong <laughs> <That's> <laughs> out. Real bad. so did we mention a worldwide pandemic <laughs> a few weeks back or <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment <laughs> um this week it's been such a busy week and um the yeah. entertainment news especially in the, the past two days have been crazy but um earlier this week and it's really sad that it's kind of been overshadowed but um max van Saito, um known very well to star wars fans or if you're a horror fan known very well for his role in the exorcist uh passed away at he was 90 i believe 90 yeah very very rich life very rich life um what's your guys's fondest memory of uh uh, max von saito and i i'm sure you both have lots of memories of him because you're both star wars fans oh man i would have to go to the exorcist though i mean super iconic role with that and yeah I mean, he was awesome. He, I always felt like he was, he was great in everything. Always, he was really good. Yeah, uh, I only have two, like I think three memories. He was in Flash Gordon. He was Star Wars Episode Seven and Game of Thrones. Like those are like the big things that like really called me out. A very talented actor. Um, 
I remember him. Yeah, his his um character in the exorcist is very very memorable um i always thought not that he was underrated because you would see the name a lot but um you actually it didn't seem like you would see enough of him but when you would see him they were very meaty roles so mm-hmm. uh, yeah very very sad not that it's you know ever not sad for a passing but um max Sido um uh, passed away at 90 um i guess we should mention this because we've kind of over the course of the past year or so, we've kind of talked about Me Too, but Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to uh, 23 years, so... That's right. There's... Good! Good! <laughs> I was gonna say, that that's more just a... I mean, there's... Yeah, good, good. Um, but even that, in, in this weird week of news, um, you figure he's just gonna get sentenced and that, that's that, but then records come out where he says that, you know, he wanted Jennifer Aniston killed, like... The whole thing from beginning to end has just been a shitstorm. Just like <laughs> as sensational as sensationalistic news can get. That's what that's been. Um, but in a week of big, shocking news, um, without a doubt, the coronavirus is the biggest thing. Um, I, I don't even know where to wrap my head around this. Like, what, what are you guys feeling about all the cancellations and all the delays? Like, where do we even begin? Well, I, I mean, it's it's a, a thing that started like at the start of the year uh you know overseas and i don't think it was like you know being taken so seriously a little by little you know like it starts spreading around (laughs) the world and we finally get it at home in our backyards and uh, i don't know it's kind of weird and it's kind of this weird precaution where the thing that we're supposed to be doing all this time is now this this huge like oh you mean hygiene you You mean being hygienic yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, I was at a convention, uh, over the weekend and I've never seen so many people paranoid about like shaking hands, but you know, like I had sanitizer, had wet wipes. I I was like, I was ready for this. I was ready for this like baby like three (laughs) months ago, but, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a good thing. Like, uh, canceling like seasons, like for basketball or even postponing is it's good, but I feel like this should have been like taken care of more seriously at the beginning than now. It's like sooner than later type of thing. Like, you know, I think yeah. it's the uh, I think what happens is it's it's the it'll never happen to me mentality, which has kind mm-hmm. of led to this slow response. Um, Blake asked if we had predicted a pandemic. Um, no, we didn't. But okay. last week, <laughs> last week, I, I did mention that, yeah, we're going to South by Southwest. It's going to be awesome. Unless, of course, it gets canceled. And uh, <laughs> between when uh, between when we recorded the episode and before it actually went out, uh, South by Southwest was, in fact, canceled. So uh, that being said, um, I put an article up on the site about it, just a really brief thing. Uh, we are, in fact, continuing coverage of South by Southwest. Um, the direction, we'll... only the direction, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, the the red carpet stuff. Um, well, we're not going to be going to. Um, we're not going to be seeing the big world premieres like um, the Green Knight, which I was really looking forward to, and uh, Arkansas. Um, however, South by Southwest, it's not just about big big films making these splashy premieres uh the fest missing out on the festival buzz kind of sucks but uh the point of of the film festival is also for a lot of the smaller films to um get the name out and to sell the rights to their films so uh we have reached out to the creators 
uh, we reached out to the representatives and uh, we will continue plan coverage. We will respect the new embargoes that have been uh, put out for the new films, but uh, definitely go to the site. Um, South by Southwest was canceled. And it's a very sad thing. And it's, uh, it's uh, hurts for those creators, but we will do our best to get the word out for those films. Um, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson last night, uh, first celebrities to Dead. announce they tested positive. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they went down under and got (laughs) (laughs) No, that means the opposite will happen. That means they're going to live long, long lives. That's very true. That's very true. I I saw a tweet where it was like, well, it took, uh, you know, the NBA closing down and Tom Hanks to get uh, the coronavirus for them to, like, for people to actually start listening to scientists. I I was like, this is is the world that we live in now. Like, it's 100% true, too. (laughs) It actually is. And uh, I, I know this isn't a sports show. But um, Rudy Gobert, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, right? Shut yes. down the entire NBA. I mean, <laughs> give that guy uh, the hardware. Uh, he stole all the and blocked all the. This week, I also had the chance to interview uh, Danny Lennon. Um, she starred. She's the star of an animated horror film, To Your Last Death, that'll be uh, premiering uh, March the seventeenth. So definitely check that out. It'll be on video on demand. And uh, here's what she had to say. So um, how would you describe To Your Last Death? To Your Last Death? Well, uh, genre-wise, it would definitely be uh, Saw meets Groundhog Day. But um, it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's very different in the sense of our protagonist, which I play, which is Miriam. And I think um, what's different about it is she's, a different type of final girl because she's very damaged and dealing with mental health issues on top of trying to fight for her life and save her siblings. And uh, you kind of uh, described uh, Miriam a little bit. Um, You mentioned she's damaged. Um, How else would you describe her? Damaged, fragile, but also there's a fire inside of her that needs to come out and uh, there's trauma inside of her that needs to come out. And it actually, in moments, it works against her, but I would say in this case, it actually works for her. And um, how did you get involved in the project? That's actually um, a really fun story. Um, So I had been involved with one of the producers in a project that I had done before. And um, they had sent me the script. And um, I just, I loved it. It was one of those situations where the bells and whistles go off as an actor. And the project just sounds so interesting. It's very enticing. And um, I just submitted, you know, a voice audition, not expecting to even get a call back. Uh, You know, I had hoped nepotism would have worked in the situation, but I was, you know, treated. Um, But, you know, I went through the process and I can say with sincerity when I had found out that I had uh, received the role, I was overjoyed because I had just felt like it was it was the right role for me. Um, You kind of touched on one of the things I wanted to ask you about. So um, the voice acting, there's not the same visual cues that you would get from um, filming Mm -hmm. Lime like, but uh, you do a great job of conveying emotion in this. So, um, how, how, oh, no problem. Um, how difficult was that for you? You know, that is such a great question. And I have been asked that before. And it's something I had to ask myself before getting into the booth. But for me, I think because I'm, I'm very visual. I'm also a screenwriter myself, and I have dabbled in voice acting, but for me, I took it as a chance to basically conform and, and like, uh, put together my voice acting with live action, so I basically put myself in a space as though 
I was in a live action movie and I felt it like I was on camera. I felt it like I was going through it. And also I got a chance to work with the DeKalb family, including, including Ray Wise Cyrus. And so I was able to have that connection and work with it in studio. Um, you mentioned Ray Wise, who's uh, I love Twin Peaks, so it was really cool to see him. Oh, so, me too. <laughs> um, but there's just an impressive cast, and they're all William Shatner, also Bill yeah. Mosley. Um, what was yeah. it like working with them? You know, it, it was it was it was such a joy. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to work with Shatner uh, because our studio time did not uh, match up. But you know, Bill, of course, a fan since you know, say one a thousand corpses is one of my you know, House of Thousand Corpses is one of my favorites. Um, charming, so wonderful, uh, great, you know, acting connection. Morena, I mean, she's such a goddess. Loved her uh, Firefly and everything she does. She and I, of course, had great chemistry. I got a bit starstruck, honestly, when Ray Wise walked into the booth. And, um, you know, being the professional I am, I uh, kept it together. And I was like, hello, I'm Danny. I'm playing your Miriam. And we had this, like, look. And we just went tit for tat and really worked off of one another. And it was fantastic. <laughs> you you dream of those as an actor. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um I, I know you've done a, a lot of horror movies. Um, have you always been a fan? Yes. Yes, I must say um, that's to my father's fault, but I'm going to praise him <laughs> in this. <laughs> my father did not shield me from, from anything. He's a big horror buff, so I was exposed, you know, at like six years old, but it'd be like earmuffs, and then, you know, there's certain things I couldn't see, but um, I just... I just loved it because I feel like uh, with sci-fi and horror, there's so many great male and female leads that don't get enough attention and stories that sometimes always don't get enough attention. I've always been drawn to it and fascinated by it. So I love it. Um, horror is kind of a funny genre because uh, it's really popular, but it can also be very corny. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, why do you think people are so drawn to horror despite some of its uh, sillier aspects? You know, I think it's two things. I think um, it's a distraction from everyday life sometimes. You know, you can have a laugh at it. You can have a good scare. And it's an adrenaline rush. It's a thrill ride. It brings people together. It's a great conversation. I can't tell you how many times I've been, like, watching a movie with my friends, and we'll stop it and discuss whether it's it's for the good or the bad. Probably much like with you guys and your podcast, you'll just, like, stop and be like, a, you know, dissect something and, and, and discuss it with an opinion, you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. Um, you've sure. done movies, you've done television and you've done mm-hmm. voice acting. Um, which do you prefer? Oh, you know what? Oh, and I've done stage acting too. Um, I, it's going to be, I love voice acting. I really, really do. It's, it, but it's not my preferred uh, line of work, I would have to say on camera. There's something about it that naturally or organically grounds me for some reason. <laughs> uh, I just get very calm and into the character. It's just it's it's more intimate. And uh, you mentioned that you're you're a screenwriter, so you've worked behind the camera and in front of the camera. Uh, which do you prefer there? Um, I see myself longevity wise going more behind the camera as like a creative producer, still screenwriting. I'll always act. I, I plan on it, but um, I'm, I'm feeling the pull, especially in this day and age uh, where women are getting more of a voice. I, I'm feeling that, you know, that draw to it. 
And I want to answer that call. My final question, um, are there any future projects that you're working on right now that you're able to talk about? Um, yes, to an extent. Um, I am uh, discussing some projects that uh, I have created and um, film, certainly independent, of course, and then possibly bringing one of my productions to the stage. And um, I've reintroduced myself to the industry in Chicago uh, because of where I'm from, and I just wanted to give it a shot. And we're back. Uh, thank you again to Danny for uh, providing that interview. Um, this week, uh, I'll just start right off with uh, Till Your Last Death. Uh, it's an animated horror film. Um, I don't remember the last time I saw an animated horror movie, but um, this one's really good. It's uh, the style. It's kind of like a digital comic. The, the art is really well done. Um, it's a straight up horror movie. <laughs> there is blood. It's over the top. There's a lot of cussing. There's nudity. Uh, it's about um, it's, a, it's a really interesting premise, actually. I'll try to to describe it without getting too deep into it but basically um there's uh ray wise of, of twin peaks fame william shatner's in it. it has a lot of big names in it but um ray wise he plays a, a a rich character evil rich man basically uh he calls all his kids together and the he's earned his fortune by basically selling um instruments of death to uh to the United States government basically they're, they're essentially torture devices <laughs> that the US military uses but um, he calls their kids together, and for various reasons, he tells them, okay, here's uh, why I like you, and here's why you're going to die. So um, uh, Danny Lennon's character, uh, what happens with her, she's the uh, – they don't give her name. I, I mean they don't give her age. I don't know if she's the oldest sister or not. But basically she kind of escapes what happens, and she's uh, – how can I say this? Like an agent, a supernatural agent comes to her and lets her know that – uh, I will give you a chance to relive those final moments of your life and see if you can change what's happened. Um, the uh, agent also lets her know that uh, just so you know, I'm not on anyone's side. I'm just doing this because I want to see something exciting happen. So she's kind of reliving the moment over and over again and trying to – it's not one of those – it's not like Groundhog Day where she's trying to make things right. Um, she's really just kind of – doing this to for the amusement of supernatural beings kind of it's 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 an interesting take it's hmm. it's yeah it's it's really it's it's cool it's really it's it's not very long it's like an hour and a half it's uh really good voice voice acting it's a uh, very emotive but um very it's a very fun watch and uh i just hadn't seen an animated horror movie in a long time so it was kind of cool I'm trying to think about um, the last one Bryce. what name another one I, I, heavy I metal I, I, don't I was thinking heavy metal, but I don't think heavy metal is horror though. It's more it's more sci-fi fantasy. Type yeah, of yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really I, I couldn't even think of one. I I didn't want to say it's the first one, but uh, if it is, I wouldn't be surprised. There has to be another one. Coraline, well, I mean, Coraline's a horror movie. Coraline, yeah, Coraline's one. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I guess oh, yeah, like those yeah. kid movies, but I don't. I don't think yeah like, well you know um monster house it's it's pretty pretty scary oh it's, yeah it's a very oh. fun one. Oh, I, okay so i just looked it up and there's a couple of them uh there's gonna be all the resident evil animated films uh bird boy Man. i think we saw that together that's a horror movie yeah i guess so i mean it had like a <laughs> heavy metal is on that actually that's uh, got horror elements I mean, to it i guess yeah i was gonna say like heavy metal like I just threw it out there because I couldn't think of anything, but it's kind of all over the place. So. Yeah. But yeah. Interesting. Oh, I mean, I horror is one I of those places. That. No, it's it's worth it. It's really good. It's it's fun. It's fun. Um, 
I saw A Quiet Place. I put it. We've talked about it on here before. I just put it on here because of uh, the news today that A Quiet Place Part Two has been another victim of Corona delayed, but uh, A Quiet Place holds up very well. Um, I also saw The Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Uh, Very cool take. Very, very interesting take. It's good. uh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I've heard good things. It's very good. It's very good. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Like it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's just uh, they. If you didn't know it was a short story, I don't even think you would know that. The, I'm assuming that's where they they didn't just come up with it on their own. But it's good. It's really good. The good. What I liked about it a lot is that um, Elizabeth Moss is the central character in it. But uh, and we've talked about this before. It doesn't jab any message like jam them down your throat. Like just happens to be that she's the main character and that's the way that it is. Um, very good. Very good. Uh, it's super scary. Very tense. Uh, great performances, but she's a good actor. Um, just definitely worth your time. Uh, then I saw, let's see here, Darkness and Tenement 45 is another horror movie. So there, I guess I had a scary week in more ways than one. <laughs> uh, Darkness and Tenement 45, um, this is a, it's an interesting movie because it started filming in 2017, I want to say. It actually has a lot of ties to uh what we're seeing in the headlines right now it's pretty crazy watching it in 2020 um the premise behind it and it looks like like kind of like an episode of tales from the dark side and i I mean that in a very complimentary way it's a classic horror story basically it's a group of people they're in a tenement it's in the 1950s it's in new york city uh, everyone is afraid that the Soviet Union is going to drop a bomb on New York and unleash um, biological warfare, basically. So instead of evacuating the city, some people decide that um, we're, we're, we're going to stay in our home. We're going to just hold, we're just going to hold ourselves up in our in our uh, tenement. And the the whole premise for the movie is, of course, like what's happening outside. Is, is it really happening outside? But um, what's going on inside with these characters is, of course, they're going paranoid. They're, there's the fear of being infected. There's the fear of, oh, my gosh, that person is infected. How am I going to deal with it type of thing? So based on what we're seeing today with people rushing out to get toilet paper and stuff like that, and Danny mentioned the paranoia about shaking hands, it's a very interesting watch because um, this was made – and this was completed well before this scare. So – watching it and it's strictly supposed to be about paranoia um it has a lot of real world ties to it uh, up to um people holding um uh blankets to their covering their mouths and noses so it's kind of like what you're seeing when you you know just walk outside your door uh the movie itself is very good it's it's very very good it, it delivers a paranoia really well um it doesn't affect the quality in any way whatsoever but the cast and crew is like 85% female, which uh, I think is interesting because um, in Hollywood, they are constantly talking about how amazing they are with their inclusivity. And, uh, well, Darkness and Tenement 45 had 85% female. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you don't really see that in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, then I saw a couple of things for um, South by Southwest. Uh, Fort Salem, no, it's uh, Motherland, Fort Salem. It's a young adult alternate history basically it's in a america where witches have signed a truce with the united states and they're basically the military force um cool. this one is going to be yeah it, it's an inter- <laughs> it's a awesome. super interesting premise it, it's a super interesting premise 
uh, and it deals with some pretty. I, I I don't really watch Freeform. Like I I've never watched like Pretty Little Liars or anything like that. It's not my not my thing. But um, this is it has a young adult slant, but uh, it's obviously meant for a younger crowd. But it's more mature than I expected it to be, and it deals with some pretty crazy things like sexuality. It's topical in um in uh, how the government kind of controls your lives. So patriotism is a very important part of this. Uh, I I will say, and I I don't know if this is a negative thing per se, but it 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 follows tropes. Um, there is the person who's very gung ho about serving their country. There's a person who joins the military out of obligation there's the witch who joins because um she just hates her life and wants to die there's the crazy one who's kind of like Iceman. like there's it's it has a lot of the stock characters in it but uh it's an interesting watch i i i'm i'll be perfectly honest it was surprisingly good shockingly good to me um it's worth a watch uh the final thing that i saw um it's premiering uh i believe this weekend in austin is uh we don't deserve dogs it's a documentary that explores people's relationships with uh, their dogs. <laughs> it's how <laughs> dogs can help everything. Uh, they cover people from around the world, from Uganda to Vietnam to Venezuela. Uh, super interesting because, I mean, one of the characters is uh, a child who's basically a soldier. Like trying to fighting for their freedom there and how their dog helps them get through the day. Um, someone who... Um, wouldn't even leave their room before they found their dog. Uh, people who are older, who their 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 kids have left and moved on with their life, so it's the only companion that they have. And then there's countries where dogs are treated a little differently. Um, served for dinner, for example. <laughs> so they kind of they kind of cover uh, wow. the whole gamut. Yeah, it's man's relationship with dogs. So it's an interesting watch. But <laughs> if you love dogs, then uh, I think it's definitely worth watching. And that's oh yeah, and Avenue Five and Curb Your Enthusiasm because you know HBO. <laughs> um, yeah, HBO, right? Like, fuck, HBO has some really good shows. Uh, I think we always talk about the quality of HBO shows, and with that, McMillions is I think one of the best things I've seen this year. Um, I know we're gonna be talking about like true crime later on, maybe, but I think this is also one of the best like true crime events that has happened. Uh, or documentaries that has happened in in a while. Uh, la- on Monday was the last episode of the docu series, and it essentially talked who the informant was. I don't want to give away too much, but this this the the ra- unraveling of who was who it was it was very very like satisfying uh, because it ca- it kind of like Ronald. Yeah, it was Ronald. It was Ronald McDonald. It was Ronald. She just went yowza. <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but yowza. The ham, the hamburglar. Mm, thank you very much. <laughs> no, it, it was. Yeah, it was obvious. It's obvious shit. Sorry, it was actually the grimace, guys. Uh, uh, what is but, the grimace? No, purple like jolly things. Purple, purple, purple people eater. Yeah, yeah. It's a very satisfying show. I would recommend it, guys. I was talking about it with my sister today. I don't think it's a bingeable show. It's kind of like, it is pretty heavy at some times. I think you need some breathing time, but uh, it's very, very good. Um, it's like I w- the It's like the what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You go to McDonald's, get yourself <laughs> a fat, juicy, like, quarter pounder. And then after, like, half an hour, an hour, you're going to be like, boy, man, this was a terrible idea. And then you Under go back. Yeah. Some breathing time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's a really good show. I really recommend it. Uh, and then uh, I also watched Late Night starring Emma Thompson and Mindy, Mindy Kaling. Uh, this is a, I, I, I did enjoy this uh, this movie a lot. It was a, a very uh, a very good romantic comedy uh, or Betty uh, friend comedy kind of like in the same quirks of like of um, what's that uh, shit that movie with Paul Rudd and Jason Segel. Essentially, they're you know I love this. You, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you. Yeah, something like that. Like it's it's it plays like a rom com, but it doesn't have any of the kind of like man and well, love interest the love interest essentially is your boss and you're just trying to make you like 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 you and that's what everybody's trying to do at work right i you yeah. know yeah so i mean yeah, i was it's, it's a good movie i i saw it like two weeks ago also it's a uh, it's cool uh it's um you know what i liked about it is uh when things are going really good for um emma thompson mm-hmm. um I, I wasn't sure what like because you know that eventually it has to kind of collapse and she has to rebound from it. Right. And I was like, man, I wonder what's going to happen. And then the reveal of what she had done wrong, I thought was really cool. Actually, it totally caught me off guard, even though they had foreshadowed it earlier in it. Yeah. Um, yeah it's a it's a really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. But I mean, Mindy Kaling, um, and I, it's funny because you mentioned it's kind of set up like a rom com. She loves her rom-coms you can tell she's kind of <laughs> she just she loves that formula like and, all her writing is that yeah it, it, and it worked it really does work for this film i i, I feel like because i've never seen um the one with Anne hathaway and mel streep but i feel this is a really good i feel i ended up like like liking like this whole film like how the outcome is like that little spoiler that we or that little twist that we didn't see coming it it was all done very really well the only my only complaint in this whole thing was the outfits they gave for emma thompson for her like for the the the, the tonight show or the light show whatever she was hosting they were very terrible like i feel like the fashion <laughs> the fashion choices for this movie were very very awkward like they try to dress her like one of the doctor who characters what a like bitch <laughs> <laughs> Post a picture of yourself right now on Twitter, Danny. <laughs> Show everybody what you're wearing. I am wearing an El Paso Street car shirt uh, and nothing else. So I can't. <laughs> Time to I'm retract those point. claws, kitty. <laughs> I don't want to get me too guys. Sorry. Uh, uh, but no, overall, I do enjoy it. I just thought, I just thought that's fat. The f- I don't know, because I feel like, I guess I see like all these guys on real tv i guess dressed really well to the nines or whatever or fancy suits uh and they just give her like these things that look like you know tom baker from fucking doctor who it was just very disappointing uh but she's a fucking a great actress and i just enjoy her every more and more like she's just a emma thompson's a really really good actress and she really shined in this movie um and then I've been seeing Star Wars. I completely forgot it started a couple of weeks back. I think they're four weeks or, f- yeah, four episodes in. I'm on the second episode of what I have dubbed uh, Clone Wars Bad Company. Uh, because, so, did you guys ever play Bad Company or Battlefield Bad Company? On, yes. Like, one of the great, great fucking, games. Right? Yeah. So, imagine. They also were a, a, a cool tag team and they had one of the greatest tag team finishers ever. But Oh, really? This is. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was thinking of when you said bad come B A double D bad. I was gonna say also also a band. 
Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> with an amazing song with their name in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so this, the two episodes that I've been so far, they're getting a ragtag team of like under the radar uh, clone, clone, clones, I guess. <laughs> and uh, they're trying to find a friend that has died in the last season, season six. So there is a, there is a continuing storyline, and one of the things I've liked about uh, Clone Wars, uh, it it it's kind of like a serial. So nothing is like ever like it's not supposed to connect you with. It shouldn't have a, a, a connecting thread, but after season six that came out like fucking ten years ago or whatever, it's still it's picking up on that. The animation on it so far it seems like it came out ten years ago. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but the aesthetic is still there. Um, and it's probably the last things that George Lucas did touch before we got the new the new sequel trilogy. Uh, it just kind of sucks where it leads up to. Um, but overall, I really I'm, I am enjoying this. I, I kind of think that I've, I because I kind of dropped off of the Mandalorian like really really quick. Um, maybe because I just stop. I forget that Disney Plus has like a scheduling system, so it's not like I could just like sit down and be like, oh, I'm gonna binge watch this. I just I have to wait every Friday for a new episode, and who watches TV on a on a Friday now? Like it's not you know ABC's TGIF or anything like that, where you make you know a two hour slot for your shows. It's just harder for me to like watch it on Saturday or Sunday. I mean, you don't necessarily have to watch it on Friday. I'm watching it on Tuesdays because because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember. Uh, uh but uh yeah it, it's a it's so far it's a pretty good start uh i'm gonna keep on watching it to see how it ends because it's i it's the last supposedly the last season now so i don't even know like they can't even shut this show off either um and then last thing i watched pixar's onward i'm not sure if you guys know anything about this a little a little, a little. yeah looks cool yeah so there was a simpsons uh short for it yeah, and you know, so that was a, I wanted to talk about that. Did you guys see the Simpsons movie? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. I, I thought it was uh, it came out I think uh like ten years too late, but I remember enjoying it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So Spider it's big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Green Day's opening on that. Uh, it, it, this is um, it's there. So Maggie ha- has this is Maggie's second short. And it kind of works. There's no audio on or no voice track or anything like that. It's a it's a cute little short, maybe like three minutes long, four minutes long. Uh, and it's just it's perfect. It works for the character. We give it a little more insight for this character that we don't really see. And usually I don't see a lot of new Simpsons stuff, but with the nostalgia of the original Simpsons being on Disney Plus, it kind of works. Uh, and so it kind of leads you into uh, D- uh, Disney Pixar's Onward, starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt doing a really good impersonation of Jack Black. And um, it is such a weird, fun fucking movie. Uh, essentially, we've all played D&D. And it's it's them saying this is our idea of what D and D would have been if technology essentially continued or fantasy world continued with magic and you know and the industrial revolution happened. Uh, magic is kind of forgotten, and this boy lives now in modern times, a modern fantasy time, which is weird. It's a weird oxymoron. Um. 
there his brother played by Chris Pratt essentially still lives in the past he plays a lot of D&D and it's just a pretty much what the trailer says if you guys have seen the trailer it's them trying to bring back their dad um it has a really cool unexpected twist that I didn't expect um and it's just fun <laughs> really really fun. Like, yeah like I didn't like um it's because the trailers sell it really well like I've I've been I guess I've been waiting on this and when I when I saw it, I was like, oh, you fuckers. And that's when the tears started coming out. Like, I was like, you you pieces of shit. You did this unknowingly. And uh, people said that they cried a lot. Uh, this is, I think I cried, like, once. Like, but it, it's a, it's a, it was a good cry. And especially, like, for all those people that have, like, really strong father relationships and everything. It's, um, or have lost their father figures. I, I would recommend it. It's a really good, like, it's, it's really good. It hits a lot of good places. And then that's really been my week. Awesome. Um, so I, I'm going to start real quick with an experience that could totally make you cry if you were on the wrong substances, I would say. Um, <laughs> I, I went to Meow Wolf, which yeah. for those yeah, for those that don't know, um, it's a art installation in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, and so I'm sure I was exposed to like a hundred people in there, more than way more than a hundred people. So I'm sure I have this COVID-19 thing now. But... <laughs> It was, uh, and I would say it ties in with the podcast a little because um, there's lots of uh, like screens on that have obviously produced, you know, actors and stuff like that. But um, if you don't know anything about it, um, check it out. Do do a little research. It's really hard to describe. It's an interactive experience. You can make music with lasers. You can, you know, crawl through a refrigerator into another dimension. It's all sorts of cool stuff. Um, Danny, I, you sound like you've been there. Yes. Did you? What get did you story? think? Oh, I fucking love the shit out of it. Pretty great, right? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. There's, I've been to two different ones now. Okay, cool. See, I can't wait to, to go check it out again. I, who knows? They'll probably be closing it down sometime soon because of all this <laughs> stuff. But um, yeah, next time anybody, if you're in the Santa Fe area, definitely check that out. And so on to um, the things I've watched. Uh, Influenza of 1918, <laughs> which was... <laughs> <laughs> Which was on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a documentary about the what they called the Spanish flu back then, and uh, you know, you know, unfortunately, kind of a similar situation. Uh, that was very serious. Uh, I think it ended up infecting over 500 million people. I think about 50 million or more died. So that's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, kind of a scary thing. I was trying to, you know, scare myself a little bit with all this shit. Um, nothing much to say about it other than, yeah, if you want to scare yourself a little bit, go ahead and check it out. It's, it's, a, it's very well done, very informative. Um, but, uh, kind of like in the style of like an old PBS kind of documentary, uh, but well done. Um, and then the only new thing that I checked out was, um, Castlevania season three just started up on Netflix. Um, I was a real big fan of the first season. It was only like six episodes. I think mm -hmm. the second season was like eight episodes. Kind of, kind of did the Symphony of the Night story from the video games with uh, Alucard, who is Dracula's son. Um, and this season kind of picks up where you know the last season left off. Uh, and so far, I'm, I'm only a couple episodes in, but very good. I've, it's 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 just as good as the last uh, few seasons so far. Introducing new enemies, uh, new bad guys, which is a which is a great you know thing for the for the series. You know, you can't go just go back to the well with. With Dracula being the big bad and stuff, and it, it just for if you don't know, hyper violent, um, kind of done in an anime kind of style art, I would say, um, yeah. but very well done, voice acting very good, uh, and uh, yeah, that's all I checked out. So uh, usually on the show we uh, we kind of tell you what you should watch because we know what's best. <laughs> um, 
over the course of the past year since the show started, we've uh, had uh, 10,000 downloads. So um, this is a very special episode for us because uh, uh, we do this because we love to do it. Um, and uh, I, uh, for me, it's it's a hobby. So the fact that uh, we have, you know, <laughs> that many people actually take the time to listen to us, it's very much appreciated. Um, so... This week, instead of uh, telling you what's best for you, uh, because we do know what's best for you, uh, we've decided <laughs> to uh, we've we, we've looked through our uh, our top ten episodes, and we kind of decided to uh, listen to you for a change. Um, our most downloaded episode was uh, back last year. We did it on a uh, true crime, so uh, we kind of wanted to, uh, we didn't that episode on it, but we've kind of not talked about it too much since then. So. Um, Blake, you've been watching some true crime shows lately, haven't you? I have. I, I'm a true crime, you know, like person. I, I really, I ingest a lot of true crime throughout the week, um, in one way, shape, or form. Um, podcasts, all sorts of stuff. But um, I actually you started know? watching watching this. Um, there's a series. It's on Investigation Discovery ID, I guess. Um, and it's apparently, I didn't realize this. Um, it's been around since 2016. So there is a tremendous backlog of of episodes to check out. Um, it's called Evil Lives Here. Um, it is uh, what the, the setup of the whole show is, is these documentary filmmakers go and they basically f- focus on one family member um, of, of a person who did something, some horrific crime. Um, uh, the first one I saw was, um, I forget her name, but it was the daughter of uh, Pee Wee Gaskins. And Pee Wee Gaskins, uh, despite the the funny name, uh, <laughs> he he was a horrible, horrible human being. Uh, truly, a, a, a true evil person throughout his entire life, from a child until he was executed via the electric chair. Spoiler alert! Um, but uh, <laughs> this is this is a pretty. It's it, it is his daughter telling one on one accounts of the stuff he was saying, the stuff he was saying, uh, doing uh, the, his behaviors and. Meanwhile, it's interjecting all the, the, the true crime of what he had been doing. Uh, he had been murdering. Uh, they don't know how many people he actually murdered. He could be over 100. I think he, he was convicted of nine murders. Um, but he had, a, he had a whole graveyard, like private graveyard he was digging and stuff like that. That was just one of these things. The next one I watched, um, it had to do with, uh, I think the kid's name was Alec Kreider, who um, one day uh, decided that he was going to go murder his best friend and his parents. And did so. And his father is the one telling the story. And so, you know, very dark, very heavy. You know, <laughs> you have to be in a good headspace, I would say, to to enjoy it. <laughs> but it is definitely uh, eye-opening, very well done. Uh, another one that I watched was the sister of, uh, of a young guy in the 80s who, who, who was going through, you know, personal uh, issues, mental health issues, obviously. And uh, tried to murder his entire family. Uh, she only lived by, you know, what you would consider a miracle. You know, shot her in the head and in the side, and she just didn't die. Um, killed everybody else in the family. Um, so, you know, but it, it is—it's very well done um, and done in a, in you know, not in, in a poor taste way. No, sorry, website, but um, really, uh, <laughs> really well done. And uh, I would highly recommend. Evil lives here. Uh, did the episode with uh, Pee Wee, because I, I imagine it went and explored his past, um, yep. did it ever explain why he was so stingy with that awesome bike? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, apparently, <laughs> he left it in the basement somewhere. I forget. 
Yeah, he he kind of deserved to go on that wild goose chase. Um, <laughs> we uh we spent a lot of time in recent weeks. We we spent a long time talking about uh Bong Joon Ho. He directed uh, Memories of Murder, which is uh based on um South uh, South Korea's uh first serial killer i believe well first known serial killer uh it's uh, one of his first movies that one's really good that one's really really good um you know parasite of course gets a lot of acclaim um and snowpiercer i think are the two that he's most known for but uh, uh like antarctic journal and uh, memories of murder uh memories of murder more fits into the true crime thing um one thing that we didn't talk about and uh gosh true crime goes back to I mean, Truman Capote did in Cold Blood, but even in the 30s, there was a Scarface, and I don't know how accurate that was, but it's been around for a very long time. But um, I think in the modern sense, at least the thing that really first – that I remember first being drawn to was um, uh, Paradise Lost, which is a very interesting trilogy. Um, Danny informed me that it started in 1996. I remember it because uh, I, I remember the name of the – so the story that takes place in West Memphis, Arkansas, and basically um, – a group of children, like young children, seven, eight years old, they're found mutilated and they've been raped and they've been horribly beaten. And the town uh, accuses uh, three boys – and it's a small town, so they accuse these three boys who are into heavy metal. Metallica is the huge one that they constantly mention. Yeah. Um, one of them is the um, unfortunately named Damien Eccles. Wow. So that only adds to the, to the whole um, – guilt factor for him but um it's interesting because uh it does a really good job of pointing out um it, it is very it actually it's very one-sided it's very much in the in the okay these boys aren't innocent like it was a rush i mean aren't guilty it was a rush to judgment just because of certain tastes that they have mm-hmm. but it's really interesting to watch the character progression of damien because in the very first one he's in high school and he's very much like, oh, I'm I'm a dark, tormented soul, and I don't care about the – I didn't do it, but I don't care that these boys are dead type of thing. Um, over the course of the trilogy, because it's over the course of 15 years, he's a grown man by the time that it ends. And um, well, here's a spoiler for you. They're no longer in jail, but they – if I remember the plea correctly, they – basically the state released them, but right. they had to sign something – which they were never found not guilty, basically. Correct. But they're Correct. not incarcerated, mm-hmm. which is so shitty. Like, so, yeah. so shitty. But uh, the trilogy itself is very interesting because it goes into, uncovers a lot of clues as to um, why they did it and how they could have done it. Um, part two takes this crazy twist to where uh, the stepfather of one of the th- three boys who are suspected, how he may have been the one who killed the uh, three boys. Um, and the third part, that's actually been disproven. And it's all about how um, kind of the community and especially the entertainment business has rallied around the three to get them out. And it's also how their lives have progressed and um, kind of how they've, um, unsurprisingly, they've drifted apart and they really don't like each other anymore. But um it's a super interesting trilogy. It definitely is in the model of the current true crime uh, craze that we're seeing, and it's absolutely worth your time. I, well, you were talking about like your first introduction. I think my first introduction to true crime was Dog Day Afternoon. My dad made me watch this movie because he said this is something that happened in real life. Uh, and I believe it stars uh, Pacino. El Pacino. 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 Uh, <laughs> holding up a bank uh no he's <laughs> sorry it's so terrible uh i just i didn't know he just gone with attica <laughs> yeah 
uh, it's so it, it's a uh, it's he essentially like goes into a bank and uh, he holds it up he holds it up he holds it up the bank and it's essentially throughout like a whole day type of thing. Uh, I don't like it. I only remember certain scenes of the movie. It's been a, a while. I think the last time I watched it was probably like the late two thousand, like the early two thousands. I think like like two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Um, so I just remember him really holding onto the bank, being very nervous as the cops are outside, like already like in almost a you know hostage hostage negotiation nego- situations. Yes, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I just really remember as I like as I usually try to go back to watching it. Uh, I'm so, I'm very scared of like I don't know like revisiting this film. Um, but as we talked about it, this is usually one of these things that I'm like maybe I should. And we've we've been you know as we're celebrating our ten thousand downloads, this is one of those ones that I, I I feel like a movie that everybody should watch if they haven't watched it because it is based off of a, a Life magazine article, which I just found out. Uh, called The Boys in the Bank, which is essentially what the movie is based on. And um, it happened... confused with The Boys in the Band. Or The Backstreet Boys. <laughs> uh, but I really recommend it. Um, it's, it's a really fun movie from what I do remember. And uh, everybody should just go out and watch this after they listen to this episode, obviously. I, uh, last time I watched Dog Day Afternoon was a few years back, but um, it's so stupid. It's, after I watched, um, I had watched an episode of um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where Charlie is uh, he's Serpico. Serpico, and he says multiple <laughs> yeah. times that he's yeah. Serpico. But for some reason, I watched Dog Day Afternoon. Expecting no Serpico. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch Serpico, even though he constantly said, I watched that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You brought up something interesting too, Daddy. Uh, you had mentioned that uh, your girlfriend she just recently saw Hereditary. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was scared shit out of shitless out of this movie because <laughs> uh, she she doesn't really like horror films, and I usually like have to curate the movies for her to watch. So we watched The Witch, we watched The Lighthouse, and we watched Midsummer. Uh, so this is I was like, this is a little bit tough, like to watch. But I, I like how Bloomhouse and uh, Ari Aster and Eggers are are like reinventing the horror genre. So like all contemporary movies, like uh, Invisible Man is a Bloomhouse film, and they're changing the landscape of horror. I mean, horror seems to have like this new breath of life where it's not just like serial or mass killers essentially it's now a lot of different things especially with you know jay horror was on like you know a huge influence on these movies it looks like social commentary like get out it just feels like they have a new grasp on what horror can be and like hereditary and midsummer are very close in hand but hereditary does take that one step closer on paganism which i think that's what kind of like shook her a bit um and with like you know with the lighthouse it is the probably the tamest one but it's a good introduction into like hp lovecraft and like you know delving into uh, essentially a state of mind where it's insanity like sit midsummer right. uh and i just feel like it's really really fucking cool like we've talked about these movies so many times but we never really talked about like the impact of how there's essentially new good horror films almost every month 
and like Blake just saw a color in space and you know come to daddy so they're like different takes on on horror on the horror films same um, premise sorry sorry i gotta ask what what did how did it affect her did how did the end of that movie leave her feeling she said that she needed to have the light on when she went to go to sleep <laughs> which yeah. i a... fucking it's fucking dark <laughs> it's a very yeah, disturbing we actually yeah. yeah yeah we we just watched hereditary uh during the week also uh we we've I'd seen it before, um, but uh, Regina wanted to watch it again. For um, she just really, really wanted to watch it, and I think she just wanted it on in the background. But um, she ended up just sitting there watching it, and uh, I haven't seen it in. Let's see, I saw it when it came out like two times, and I haven't seen it since. And that ending is you forget. I I, had for, I knew what was going to happen, but I forgot how powerful it is. Yeah, <laughs> really, it really is. crazy ending. It um, was a flurry. <laughs> it, it's it's wild it's wild and then just that last shot alone it's really crazy um you mentioned blumhouse um I, I i will say this about them um they're yeah you mentioned uh invisible man you do have to mention truth or dare also well they're, yeah yeah they're very very hit and miss or hit or miss very much so and it's not like uh eh, it's kind of good it's kind of bad i mean we're talking like invisible man like one of the better things i probably end up seeing this year truth or dare was undoubtedly the worst movie i saw that year so <laughs> I, I also um, we could say that same thing with a24 you know they've had like a good slew of like horror films but then they have like it comes at night which was not their best films i mean they all have to have stinkers. But, um, no well i wouldn't say it's a stinker and it's definitely not the worst movie of the year but um <laughs> i uh it, it was pretty boring i will say that um no, I, I would. Yeah, Blum, Blumhouse. Um, I think that because you you got to count like Fantasy Island, that Run Run Sweetheart Run does. It, it looks so stupid. Um, they have a couple of things. Um, yeah, Invisible Man and uh, didn't they do um uh Get Out? Weren't they? Didn't they do something? Yeah, like they that? get. Yeah, they did Get Out. Like they have good yeah. films too. Like they have fun films like Happy Death Day to uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. You know, they have all like. like it, the thing with it, them is it's a mixed bag. Like, I, it's not even a mixed bag with them. It's like to me, like, uh, and this is just my like a twenty four. Like their horror is uh, really good, and then I've said that I'm not a fan of stuff that they do that's non horror for the most part. They they'll have occasional stuff, but there's never been anything that I've been like, holy shit, that was awful. But um, I mean, with Bloomhouse, you got you know the Purge, like <laughs> like that kind of like the most recent one. It, they're just. I mean, they're no different than, yeah, no one's going to get it right all the time, um, obviously. But, I mean, when they get it wrong, it's it's bad. It's, it's it, really and bad. it's noticeable. Yeah, you're right. But I feel like they're also changing the landscape of how these movies are being taken seriously. And Perch, I've never seen a Perch, but, you know, it has, what, seven sequels and a fucking TV show? That shows you that that is successful. I mean, Paranormal Activity, I, I think that might have been Bloomhouse. I might be wrong, but... Even that right. has like you know four sequels, and they know how to churn out a fucking franchise. I mean, that's yeah, something I... that we see. That's something that we see. We saw in like the early eighties, uh, you know, and throughout the nineties as well. You know, horror film series quality and quantity. You know, here. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, exactly. So it, it it's 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 something that we've seen already, but it's getting stronger, and it's only getting better for you know for a twenty four to be like, well, this is what we have now. And for Bloomhouse to be like, well, you know, we see it and now here's a fun movie for your horror viewing pleasure. It's not I'm not saying like, oh, man, this is like fucking great. Yeah. Truth or Dare is fucking terrible. 
but right. you know like, they're also like bringing out like hunters or they have get out they have the outsider you know they have different things coming out where it's well yeah and i i would even say i mean not not to disregard the to big studio stuff but there's been a lot of good independent stuff too um yeah. lately like color out of space like you mentioned uh like come to daddy uh terrifier uh is a, is like a good like slasher kind of movie um where is it terrified terrified the clown one is it terrified or yeah, terrified? terrifier you're right terrifier terrifier um, that's got a sequel coming out. So yeah, I, I would agree with you, Danny. Like, and, and aside from all the other other stuff, there there's a there's a good quantity of, of real nice uh, horror stuff. I just I haven't finished it, but I started Lose, um, which is um, oh yeah, I think that, it's that Ger- really German. Good. Yeah, and like I I didn't I stopped it because I was getting tired and I wanted to pay attention to it. But yeah, I mean there's lots of really great stuff out there. I would agree. Yeah, Lose is a uh, really really good. That one's a good one. Um, Possessor by Brandon Cronenberg, super good. Also. Um, yep. What we're also seeing, I think, and I, I, I was thinking this after seeing um, Invisible Man, was uh, of last year for Halloween, I think I'd written about how um, you don't really see Scream Queens anymore, uh, at least not to the the way they were portrayed in uh, the 80s. Um, and the term was kind of, uh, it, it almost became derogatory, like Barbara Crampton like hates that term now. <laughs> uh, um, the evolution of women in uh, horror is really interesting because uh Invisible Man and uh, Midsummer actually have a lot of um, similarities in that it's very heavy on gaslighting and the woman is absolutely uh, just disregarded. But it's not like in the 80s when, you know, you had the final girls who they were your your basically your ultimate hero. But it wasn't so much out of resourcefulness as it was kind of they were kind of luck into luck and uh, just, well, that's dumb luck, which is fine. You know, I mean, these are horror movies. There's nothing really great about them. But um, we're kind of seeing now where the final girl is, um, it's resourcefulness and uh, they're actually outsmarting the killer now, which is, that's a cool change. I mean, it's it's just a natural evolution of the character, I think. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of uh, independent horror out there that's really worth going out to see. Lose is really good. Color Out of Space is great. Um, maybe we'll see a return to exploitation with stuff like Come to Daddy because <laughs> that was uh, one of the uh, more oh, like Mandy. films. Mandy is another movie that, like, it's divisive, but holy cow, it's a it's a feast. It's a feast for the for the senses. It is. Uh, Mandy's an interesting one, actually, because I, I think you, you and I, Blake, are kind of the same about it. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see the big, like, when it came out, people were, and I know people who, like, are absolutely gaga over that movie. Yeah. And uh, visually, it's, yeah, the Cheddar <laughs> Goblin. And Cheddar Goblin's funny. It's cool. Yeah, it's a cool little character. But um, visually, it's so striking with the way the color is. And, and Nicolas Cage, of course, is yeah. uh, one of his finest over the top performances, <laughs> if not the finest one. It's, it's up there. <laughs> It's 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 a pretty wacky performance, but uh, I don't know. It just didn't connect with me for some, on that level. Um, sure, I I enjoyed it for what it was, but I don't know. Maybe the expectations were so high that I I'm not sure. Um, are there any horror movies that are coming up that you're interested in? I I saw a trailer for Candyman, and that one genuinely scared me when I was a kid. So I'm very interested in this remake. Definitely into Candy. I love. The original Candyman movie. It's I. I got to meet Tony Todd, and it was like he he said, "My man," and I was like, "This is like the coolest day of my life." It was super awesome. Um, uh, I, Antebellum for sure is yeah. uh, something I've mentioned before that I'm looking forward to. Um, there's a I don't know if it's out yet, but it's like uh, it's like a Hansel and Gretel movie um, that looked pretty interesting. 
Um, and uh, I guess it falls into the horror category. Uh, New Mutants, definitely. If that's yeah. coming out this year, <laughs> I, I... Um, well, <laughs> it got pushed back. About that, did uh, it? Yeah, oh, it got no. pushed uh, today. It was pushed back yet again. Oh, so. My suggestion is to uh, don't ever plan on seeing that movie because yeah. it is never coming it's never out. Coming out. Damn. It is never. There, there are some interesting horror movies coming up, and um, assuming that this virus doesn't totally destroy the the studio and movie system, hopefully we'll get a chance to see them. Yeah. Um, last month during Stink Month, we talked erotic horror and horror on television. We talked all kinds of erotic horror movies, but one of the things Blake and I talked about was. Uh, what was the last erotic horror you had seen? Something like that. Or if they even still made them. And uh, we talked Fifty Shades of Grey because that seemed to be the most recent one. Um, it, it dawned on me while we were preparing this episode that I actually saw one last year. Um, Red Sparrow with Jennifer Lawrence is, um, if you see the trailer, it's very much focused on her, her sexuality. And the movie is over the top in how, like, I didn't know that they still made movies like that. It was very... Uh, basic instinct like mm-hmm. basically her character is she's a russian spy the though that um it's a special type of russian spy though it's not just your normal kgb badass um her type of spy has been taught to use their sexuality against their victims to get what they need so um lots of scenes with jennifer lawrence having sex uh sitting on a desk with her legs spread um she's nude throughout the movie like um i really don't remember what it was about to be honest (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, the review's up on the side i remember i remember what it looked like but i don't remember what message it was trying to convey if that makes sense i remember a lot of red from the poster still haven't seen it um you know if you were in if you are in high school and you're listening to this show then uh shame on you but uh, you should definitely check out Red Sparrow. Um, <laughs> You're <if> welcome. You... <laughs> and Caligula. Watch Caligula too. <laughs> uh, Caligula. Um, if you're a little bit older, I mean, I don't know. Maybe watch it. Make sure your significant other isn't around because it's one of those type of movies where you kind of have a lot of explaining to do. You're like, no, no, no. This is, you know, Cold War. <laughs> like, that's... Even though I think it's set in like 2016 or something. But um... <laughs> it's... It's Cold War so, stuff. Yeah, it's still Cold War stuff. I mean, you know, Putin and stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, if you are into uh, erotic spy thrillers starring Jennifer Lawrence, then yes, it is definitely worth your time. Otherwise, I really, I couldn't genuinely recommend it. I would have to check it out, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yes, me too. After the show. Every Saturday you can find us here. Uh, the rest of the week you can go to adventuresinportes.com where you can find all our podcasts. Uh, we have Talking Tauntauns, Portes Wrestling, and uh, our comics podcast. Uh, you can also catch up on all the reviews that we have on our site and definitely leave your thoughts. Uh, it is still Wrestle Month, um, and believe it or not, WrestleMania is still going on. Uh, go figure. I have an article. Uh, this year's WrestleMania is the fifth out of six years that... WrestleMania is Roman Reigns' big night, and, you know, maybe this will be the year that it works because, I don't know, he beat cancer last year, so maybe this year people will get behind him. It worked for Hogan. Hogan main evented, uh, like, 8 out of 9, and people loved him for it. Uh, I, I don't know why it's not working for Roman Reigns, but I have some theories, and it's up on the site. And what you can do while you're on the site, you can follow us at Adventures and Movies on Twitter, 
over at EAPT Movies, or you can follow us individually. You can find Nathaniel, or Patrick, as I like to call him, on Instagram at Nathan Portes. You can find me, Danny, on Twitter and Instagram at Default Player. And you can find Mr. Virus Blake on <laughs> Twitter at Four Eyed Horror. <laughs> the Virus. That's the a great virus. nickname. <laughs> actually that's really good. If I was a wrestler, that's that would I'd be the virus. <laughs> Oh, and I just sneeze in everybody's face. That'd be like my finisher. Um, you change your first name to Cyrus. You'd be Cyrus. Cyrus. Virus. The virus. Oh, shit. Well, that's from Con Air, is it not? Con Air, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I said drop the bunny. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, gather up your fucking toilet paper and hand sanitizer and batten down the hatches. Uh, I think next week we're going to be doing uh, some wrestling stuff for Wrestle Month. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, probably Hulk Hogan. I anticipate Hulk Hogan. Tune in. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you very much to everyone who takes the time to listen to our show. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Uh, yeah, give Stitcher a try. Why not? I mean, Virus is going to get you anyway, so just try wherever you want. Um, go to the website for sure. You could uh, find us on there. Thank just uh, make sure to give us a rating, tell a friend to listen, and make sure to wipe your ass. And that's our cue. We'll talk to you next week. Wash your hands as well. Adios, sickos.